everyone, Thomas here. Just want to give you a quick rundown before uh, this week's episode. So we, uh, a couple of weeks ago, sat down with uh, our friend Carly on her podcast to discuss real estate. Uh, Carly has been on our show twice. She was on episodes 39 and 48, if you want to check those out. And we were also on episode 33 of her podcast, Hey Bitches. Um, this time we changed things up, did things a little differently, a little more serious conversation. Uh, this episode was on her show, Uh, It's called The Millennial's Guide to Buying Your First Home, featuring the Long and Hard podcast. As you may know, Josh and I are both realtors here in Edmonton, uh, so we actually (laughs) changed up the subject a little bit, uh, changed the subject matter to what we're used to when we uh, team up with Carly. But uh, we sat down, went through the home buying process, discussed real estate a little more detail, a little more seriously. So if you're someone looking to buy a home, uh, this is great advice for you. A uh, little more serious topic, if you will, but was still a great one. And look, whether you're someone in Edmonton or wherever you find yourself in the world, um, this should definitely um, be useful advice to you. Uh, we know a lot of our audience is a little bit of a younger demo. You may be looking by your first home sometime soon. And uh, yeah, check it out. Let us know if you have any questions. Uh, please get in touch. We are doing a little more real estate content on our personal channels now. Uh, so links to all that jazz below. And then we should be back to the regular scheduled guests and stuff next week. Cheers. You're listening to Hey Bitches Podcast, episode 75. Hey bitches, what is up you guys? It's your girl Carly. Happy freaking Thursday. Hope you guys are having an incredible day. I'm very excited to sit down and do this episode, like I say in every single episode. But this episode, I'm actually really excited to sit down with my boys from Long and Hard. Now, if you've listened to the podcast about porn, you would know them. However, this is a very opposite, different podcast where we are sitting down and we were talking about housing, how to buy a house, renting, what is the best option, the credit scores we need, all of these different things that really was a selfish episode for me because I'm kind of in the market to buy a house. But this episode is really, really good. It is very informative and I am so happy that I had Josh and Thomas on the podcast today. So without further ado, let's get into it. You guys, I'm very excited to sit down and have the Long and Hard Boys back on the podcast. This is a very um, contrasting episode from the last one that we did because our last episode was about <laughs> porn. <laughs> and uh, now we're back and we're talking about buying a house. Yeah, exactly. um, introduce yourselves, though, for all the, the new peeps. I am uh, Joshua and I am one half of the Long and Hard podcast <laughs> and I am a real estate broker here in Edmonton. Uh, we own a shop called Revere and to my left or Carly's right is uh, <laughs> Thomas Harrington, also uh, an associate uh, broker at uh, Revere, realtor, all that jazz and yeah, here in uh, Edmonton. Incredible. Okay. Tell the peeps really quickly though about your podcast. For sure, um, we're a uh, we're technically a comedy entertainment podcast, and basically we interview vaguely interesting people from around Edmonton. Vaguely, such as <laughs> Ow, <laughs> such as Carly. The fuck. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean it's it's kind of Joe Rogan, but Edmonton people because we have very serious conversations. We have pretty uh, messing around conversations. We talk about you know porn sex etc when uh <laughs> with certain guests and then uh sometimes we have more like mindset coaches we have comedians yeah yeah all that jazz we run the gambit yeah yeah we do <laughs> i'm always surprised by the amount of like edmonton people you guys find for the show like all the Me time too. there's like, a ton man there's a lot of people and they're surprisingly pretty willing to oh, I yeah. literally it's like every time you're like oh this new guest with this new podcast who's also from edmonton and i'm like yeah. where are you guys i know like three of you <laughs> like, like, literally i know you guys yeah. and then i know um two girls on broadcast yeah those are the only people like yeah. who have podcasts that i know well every other comedian has podcasts yeah too, exactly so. and yeah. they're pretty comedians are pretty willing to jump on so that's an easy one yeah they they, they love it yeah oh interesting mm-hmm. hmm. giving you some ideas yeah well i don't know well i mean 
what are they going to come talk about? They're just going to do a 45 minute set about sex on my podcast. <laughs> probably, probably. Yeah, probably. Really. They're all pretty capable. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> T. Um, but anyways, I'm really excited to have you guys on here because contrasting to our last, um, <laughs> our last podcast together, <laughs> I am in that stage now, finally in my life where I'm like, maybe I should move out. <laughs> and cool. so I want to have the discussion on, you know, in your perspective, rent versus buying, how okay. to buy a house as like a millennial. I also selfishly have you guys on the podcast because I want to buy a house. Mm-hmm. So it's just all of the questions that I have that probably other people have oh, too. Absolutely. And uh, I'm really excited. We actually had one of my friends, Janine, on the podcast came in and we talked about how to like save for a house and, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, cool. Is she a like financial planner or yeah, something? Yeah, she is. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we had her on here. We talked about like a whole bunch of different things, but in the end of it, it was, you know, how to save for a house, how to make um, compound interest work for you and all mm-hmm. the stuff. And now cool. I kind of want to get into like the technical mm. things about buying buying a house. Sure. And awesome. y'all are flexible with your knowledge. So I'm yeah. very excited. Awesome. So first things first, I want to get into it is rent versus buy. Okay. For me, up until three months ago, I never envisioned myself owning a house. Hmm. Never, ever. Never, ever. Never, ever, ever? Never, ever, ever. Really? Because I don't want kids. Okay. And I also want to be all over the place. Okay. Mm. So unless I'm making like billions Mm -hmm. and I can just own all the houses Mm -hmm. that I want to be in, then I was like, what's the point? Sure. However, now I kind of want a house. How millennial of you. (laughs) Thank you so (laughs) much. Except for I'm like right in the middle. I've talked about this before because I'm born in 96. Right. And it's like 96, 95 are the two years that everybody disputes on what is Gen Z, what is millennial. Oh, really? Is that the cutoff? Yes. So Mm. I'm right in the fucking middle. Yeah. And I I, also, I feel like I'm in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's fair. My brother's 95 and I think that that's like the last millennial year. So I think you are like the the new gen. Definitely. Yeah. You can be the uh, go-between between generations, uh, Literally. Yeah. Literally. Mm-hmm. Translate. Explain I, TikTok to the more older millennials which like I ourselves. Which I did to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> then actually do TikTok with the Gen Z. And yeah. There you go. Exactly. I'm definitely, like, it's a very, like, I think 95, 96, 97 is, like, the fluid year mm-hmm. of... That makes sense. I never thought of that before, but I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you never thought of it because you 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 are you have your place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're sol- solidly... Solid, solid in the millennial. Solidified as millennials. Yeah, Solidity. There you go. Solidity. I like that word. <laughs> you are so- solidified as millennials. <laughs> I am in the middle. I am mm-hmm. gen millennial. Anyways, back to rent versus buy. Yeah. I want to know your guys' opinions. Okay. Um, you know, as obviously people who sell homes, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also just in my situation of us millennial Gen Zers. Well, my take on it is that obviously they're two different things for two different demographics right Mm -hmm. that is kind of the flexibility of renting is that you're able to you know pick up and leave although obviously leases are generally landlords do want their 12-month lease but i mean it's obviously a lot less well sorry a lot more flexible than actually owning a piece of property and having to pay all the things that come with that too that being said um when you buy you kind of get exposure to an asset class so you actually own a home and you own the gains and you know downs that come with it too mm-hmm. so that's kind of the the cool thing about owning a home obviously there's a lot more you know setting your roots too so a lot of people that we deal with first-time home buyers um going on to their second homes or whatever that's they love edmonton they want to be here they see themselves living here for the next you know 10 20 years mm-hmm. however long it is. And some of them are starting families. Some of them want that. I want to live in this place for the next decade or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. That's a complete, you know, there's two different types of people. So for us, like me personally, I rent. Um, Reason being is that, uh, well, one, as a contractor, it's a little bit harder to get a mortgage. I can't wait till you get into that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll probably talk about that too. But um, for renting for me, uh, just in the situation that I'm in currently in my life, I was renting with some roommates and that was the first time I had moved out of my house. So was doing that uh, and now living with the girlfriend. So, you know, having that flexibility, but also moving on with life and mm-hmm. going that direction with it. Mm-hmm. That's my take at least. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll be the first person to actually 
defend ranting, right? For pretty much... <laughs> this is not the answer I thought I would get from yeah, either yeah, no, of you. We're <laughs> not going to be like, uh, owning is dumb, pay your landlord's mortgage. But like, yeah. No, renting is actually good for exactly that reason of the like flexibility, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's very low commitment. If you hit like a hard spot or whatever, like worst case scenario on most leases, your penalty is actually just like one month rent. So mm-hmm. you can... You know, if you go totally broke, you can probably pay like sixteen hundred or eighteen hundred or whatever, mm-hmm. versus having to like get foreclosed on, right? Like, it's yes. pick your poison. Yeah. Um, and then also for like, it depends on your life situation is kind of the biggest thing. So if you're kind of like a young working professional, maybe you don't know what city you want to work in, you're willing to like travel for work, etc. Then yeah, renting makes a lot more sense, mm-hmm. right? For me, because I I rent too, and we'll come back to this, but as realtors and because we went straight into real estate out of university. It's a 100% commission-based job. It's actually very hard to get a mortgage early on with that type of job. With that, I mean, renting was kind of the only option. And now that I've done it more, essentially, once you start paying a whole bunch of money for rent, you're like, this is kind of dumb, especially for someone like myself to what Josh said. Like, my goal and future is in Edmonton decently long-term, like just Mm -hmm. for the business we're in, et cetera, right? Like, it makes sense for me to be here when I look at, okay, what's my monthly rent on a yearly cost I'm just paying to my landlord, right? It's Mm -hmm. many thousands of dollars. And I think Mm -hmm. part of this, not to be like, oh, these millennials, but we've just become such a monthly payment generation that that's all we think about. And we don't think about yearly cost, right? Mm -hmm. So when you think about it, if you're like, for most downtown apartments in our city, if you have like one roommate, you're probably looking at about a thousand ish bucks a month for rent, right? Mm-hmm. Times two. Times two. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so that's 12 grand a year. Like, that's a lot of equity you could be building, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I've come to really think about and realize as I've rented for a longer period of time, right? Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, no, like, like I was saying before, I never originally, I guess, saw myself staying here forever mm-hmm. because when we first met, I was literally supposed to move to LA two months ago yeah. and I was going to, and then the world absolutely Changed felt a shit a little bit. Yep. Um, and I couldn't do that. And so now I'm like, dang, the future is so uncertain. Mm-hmm. The presidential election is very uncertain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know if that is a place anymore that I want mm-hmm. to move to. Sure. Yeah. And now I'm just like, well, I've I've been bouncing back and forth with all the different cities too. And mm-hmm. like Calgary, Edmonton. Oh wow, that's kind of it. I I love Calgary <laughs> and I love Edmonton. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't foresee myself doing a Toronto or a Vancouver because it's just like I yeah. don't know, not really my vibe. I just hmm. work from home all day. I not I don't really want to pay twenty five hundred dollars for a one bedroom yeah. Toronto apartment. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So I've been on this like waffling situation mm-hmm. and then my mom. I was like, mom, I think I kind of want to do this. And she was like, maybe you should buy because it's pretty decent to buy a house right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm a first time home buyer. So she was like, hmm, that might be a good option for you. And I was Mm. like, miss ma'am, I have not even moved out of this house. (laughs) And you just want me to buy a house and leave? And she was like, well, it could be a good option. And I'm like, in my head, I know it's like pretty decent right now. Yeah to buy a house because interest is so low because of fucking coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Like it's, you can get like 2% <laughs> mortgages. Which is crazy. Which is very crazy. Which is really crazy. It, right? So yeah. um, where my perspective has kind of changed is a lot of our clients are older than us. And like when you have like clients who are like, I, I've had numbers of clients who own like 100 properties, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, I just need some cash. So I'll just liquidize this and they free up like 200 grand or whatever, right? Like it's it's one of those things where like you need to start looking, if you're serious about homeownership and building wealth, like you have to look on that long-term horizon mm-hmm. and start now. You're essentially buying a home is the bank of your house, right? So even though the value will fluctuate, if you live there for a long enough time or own it for a long enough time, you're eventually going to build a decent chunk of equity, which you can use in other investments or just hang on to until you retire or whatever, right? Like it's Absolutely. Big. And that's something that I actually had a call with my manager last night about because mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, I have the clothing line and the brand deals and like all that and that's like how I make money. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I want something more <clears throat> tangible. And yeah, exactly. so I was like, okay, what could we be doing? And next year I turned 25. So I'm like, I want to start you know, investing, put in something over 40 years and I could traditionally retire at 65. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But I want to start investing and start doing all this kind of stuff because up until now I've done nothing. <laughs> but also up until now I did not make the money that I do now, mm-hmm. which is 
a big game changer of it all because the brand deals that I'm coming like coming into, which is why I also wanted to have you on the podcast to like get your opinion on this, but the brand deals that I'm coming into are enough for a down payment on a house. Sure. So it's like nice. What should yeah, I do at absolutely. this point? Yeah. Yeah. But but I completely agree on that. And so I actually took intellectual property law in university as my minor. Mm-hmm. But one of the classes is like real property, which is when we talk about like housing and yeah. like foreclosures and all that. And I used to also work for a real estate company, but I used to work for like a property management company. Yeah. So I don't know much about like actually the buying side. I really only know property management and rent. So I'm just yeah. like, what the fuck? So recently, my plan has been buy like a starter townhome here. And then I've actually kind of been looking at Austin, like Texas. Oh, really? Interesting. About renting like an apartment there because Austin is kind of like the new LA. Like everybody's moving out of LA into Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is too, though, is like the creator taxes in LA is wild. If you live there for more than seven years, you still have to pay like 50% of your like in- income or like yeah. income tax or whatever. Texas Even if you move. Zero. Texas has no rules. Oh yeah. Texas, <laughs> Texas is, zero. is like Alberta yeah, yeah, in much. the US. Even more so. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And then, but the thing is Austin is like Edmonton. Like mm-hmm. I think of it how, you know how our election, everything else was blue and Edmonton was yeah, orange. Like yeah. Kind of, yeah. Austin is yeah. Edmonton. Yeah. So I was like, it'd make a lot of sense. I would still be able to network and it would be way easier for me to fly within the U.S. versus like trying to fly from Canada to somewhere for like $800. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of the head offices like TikTok, Bumble, like all of them are in Austin. And oh, really? these are these are brands that I've, I'm Have working with. Really? No. A lot of them are moving. So I'm like, hmm. And our fucking favorite Twitter real estate agent, Ben Wagman, Every single day. I don't know who that is. You guys don't know who Ben Wagman is? No. What? <laughs> Remember that conversation we had earlier about the older half of millennials? He's like your guys' age. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't okay. Know. Who what what's his deal? He's like um like a Dallas real estate agent. Okay. But okay. he's like an influencer now because he just like at the beginning of I guess Corona, he just mastered it. He just started tweeting out like these beautiful like pictures of homes and was like would you live here? Like, what's your favorite thing? And it did, they just kept going viral and viral oh, and okay. viral. And now he like basically sells real estate to like all of the like NFL players there and like the NBA players and nice. all this. Mm, and just okay. from smart social, social media. media marketing okay. about yep. real estate. And mm-hmm. namely Twitter? Namely Twitter, Instagram. Okay, like really? okay. this man's just bought a Tesla from his freaking just commissions that he's mm. just been making. I was like, who this was? It hasn't even been a year, and this mm-hmm. guy just went zero to a absolute hundred. Okay, mm-hmm. so <laughs> reeling it back in, Ben Wagman makes me want to move to Texas <laughs> because gotcha. he's always posting like these crazy things. But then I think about it and I look at it and I'm like, this house that you're posting, this like seven bedroom, he posted this like seven bedroom, five bathroom house in Texas for five hundred k. Yeah, I was like. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Te- yeah, Texas actually is very like yeah. Texas that's, is that's dirt. In southern states, it's super cheap. Yeah. Yes. Won't be forever though if everybody's oh, yeah. moving Especially there. That's the thing. So yeah. I'm like, it would yeah. be great if I could just get on it earlier because I want to be like bicoastal. Like I want to be back and forth through Canada and the U.S. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I think my goal is I want to own one U.S. property at least and one Canadian property so I can easily just pop back and forth. I don't have to worry about you know, doing an Airbnb or like renting and leaving sure. my apartment for yeah. four months at a time. And yep. and then also, like you were saying, getting a mortgage is going to be absolute hell. Well, <laughs> they, it's they much usually more complicated. Two it's years. two years average of self-employed income. See, yeah. but I I was like employed, employed by an mm-hmm. employer yeah. Yeah. on my last year taxes because I was employed. This is my first year just like completely self-employed. Yeah. So can gotcha. I use those two? Or no? No, because if you're using any self-employed uh, income, it has to be like two years for them to use it, kind of thing. So even if you had a, yeah, he, even if you yeah. had like a normal corporate job last year and this year you were self-employed, like you couldn't, you can't straddle the line yeah. the way the qualification works. He has a, he has a, or he used to I have used a mortgage license. license. So yeah, yeah. full disclosure. Oh. By the way, you do have to like advice we can give on mortgage specifics is relatively limited. Yeah, you'd have to talk to a mortgage broker. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, basically, yeah. Well, unfortunately, self-employed, it's it's. Um, this is it's not medical advice. <laughs> yeah, this is not medical advice. Yeah, it is two years. It's kind of the short answer that it's going to be. So minus having like a co-signer or something. 
Yeah. Rip. <laughs> Rip in the chat. Yeah. God damn it. We'll just do a crazier next year too. And yeah. yeah. You'll yeah, be just keep it up kind of thing. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Okay, so then the short answer really is I cannot buy a house if I wanted to, basically. Mm. I mean, unless I got like a good co-signer and yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's, that would basically be the option. Or if you can put like a huge, huge down payment and then How whatever. much do you mean by huge, huge? Well, it depends on what... You're buying. You're buying. And yeah. then, because like even if your income in the past was kind of limited or like you can only qualify for a bid, it's like, okay, like you could technically have like a $100,000, $150,000 mortgage, mm-hmm. but then... So you have to make up the difference to like whatever purchase price. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So speaking also of down payments, I kind of wanted to also talk. I've heard so many different things. They're like, mm-hmm. buy only when you can put down 10 or if you, or when you can put down 20. Okay. But then if you can't put down 20, only put down five. Cause like, da, 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 like I've heard so many interesting di- different things. Okay. What is your guys's shtick on that? It totally depends on what you're buying, right? <laughs> okay, it, put yourself in my shoes as a first-time home buyer right? who is probably not buying like a detached single-family home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what what I'm thinking is that like it, obviously that determines your leverage on a property, right? Uh-huh. So the less that you put down, the higher your leverage is on the property. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you are 95% levered, then the gains and also losses in that property are magnified that much more than if yeah. they were 80% or whatever, right? So that's generally my take on it. I mean, I've dealt with people that do five. I've dealt with people that do cash deals. They buy 100% outright. Like, I've dealt with everything in between. I wouldn't do, well, again, this is not mortgage advice, but I wouldn't do the the 0% or try to, you know, finagle your way into that sort of thing. Because yeah, I think, idea. yeah, I think that's generally a bad idea. Okay. But for 5%, because of all the stuff that, you have as a first-time home buyer, namely your RSP uh, pullout for first-time home buyers. That's usually what I see for at least first-timers. Is they maybe they have some sort of RSP currently, mm-hmm. and you can actually pull out tax-free for your your first home. So okay, I wanted to talk about this too because I like quickly like looked into it, but they're mm-hmm. like you can do. I think it's like five percent for an old or ten percent for a new build. You get some type of situation oh, for first time yeah. home buying. So, so to answer the first question, my opinion on it is: if you're a first timer, you should either do five or twenty, no in between. In my opinion, because okay, because that's kind of what I've heard. Yeah. So because and the reason being, so I don't know what the split is on your listener base for America, Canada, but for Canadians mm-hmm. with the CMHC insurance. Um, so when you have five percent down, you have to you get CMHC insurance as rolled yep. into the cost of your mortgage, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite high. But that's why five percent down deals are so cheap. Like the interest rates are so low, is because the money's guaranteed to the bank without boring you to tears about it, right? <laughs> so. Uh, but then if you pay 20% down, you don't have to pay that insurance. So yes. it actually saves you like several thousand dollars over the course of owning your you home. You only don't have to pay CMHC if it's 20%. 20%. 20% So anything yeah. under 20, you have to pay CMHC. Exactly, right? yes. it's, it's like I a floating see. scale, but that's why, like, in my opinion, There's doing really like no 10% between. or 15% or 12.275%. There's no point. There's no point because you're still paying an insurance. Granted, it's less. It, it's but it just doesn't make up for it. The worth, worth yeah. in my opinion. So do the 5% to get into something. But that being said, the way it works is in Canada, when you put 5% down, the CMHC premium is 4% of the mortgage value, right? Okay. So if you put in a $400,000 home, 5% down is 20 grand. So your loan value is 380. 4% of 380K is like 14,000 something. Mm -hmm. So the day you move into your home, you actually effectively only have about 1.5% equity. So if you're buying 5% down, be ready to own your home for five to seven years or more. Because if you try to sell under that time period, you have so little margin that when it comes to paying realtor commissions and stuff, Mm -hmm. you maybe break even, best case scenario. Interesting. So So if you can do 20, I encourage people to do so and save towards that. Mm -hmm. But it's not a bad idea to start today with 5%, but you have to be decently committed to own that property because Mm -hmm. also statistically the average term of a mortgage in Canada is like 33 months or something like that. So under three years, which means people buy oh. and sell a home within three years on average. That was yeah. going to be my next yeah. question. Because like, it's whenever, actually bonkers. It, that's it, it, which wild. Which makes no financial <laughs> sense to do at all, but it's what people do, right? Yeah. So Divorces, you know, moving on Granted, to another one. Granted, that is skewed by Vancouver, Toronto numbers, where if you sell in that time period, your house is probably like doubled. So, but Fair. Yeah, in Alberta, that number makes yeah. no sense to do. For an investment property too, just off the cuff, you do need to put down 20%. 
regardless. Like it has to well, be 20%. Why? According to our official answer. Yeah. You could get away with doing 5% a few times. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait. So why 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 do you need 20%? Do you tell them you're buying it as an investment property or how does that work? Well, I mean, for your first one, generally not. But again, this is all like not advice. But for, <laughs> for investment properties, yeah, they want 20% down. Interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah. And commercial deals is 25 so. Oh, I yeah. mean, I probably will not be buying any commercial real estate yeah. soon. Depends but. what commercial it is, but we'll get that, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you want to know um, my one fun fact I know about CMHC? Hit us. I know that if you buy a property over a million dollars, you have to pay CMHC regardless, right? You have to put 20% down. Or Yeah, no. So so CMHC only insures loans up to a million dollar purchase price. Oh, so over a million, you should logically be putting more than 5% down, right? You so. can't put less than 20, can you? On a, over a million dollar? Uh, uh, correct, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. That's my one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shooting for... That's my one out of one. That's yeah. what I learned in yeah. real property. Looking at Thank you. million dollar homes. Uh, yes, actually, all the time. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> <laughs> Literally all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but okay, so going back to the fact that homeownership is on average 33 months yeah. is wild because when I'm looking at, like when I'm just like trolling, looking at like houses for sale and they have like the mortgage ca- mortgage calculators on the bottom and it's like 25 years and I'm like, I'm not living in this fucking mm-hmm. house for 25 years. Yeah. So what is the average like length of home, home ownership that you guys have seen? Statistically, statistically seen, like, four years. Yeah. It's I would say anecdotally, it's maybe more like six kind okay. of thing, which is like depending that terrifies what you buy me. and what you bought. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, I don't know. It depends on your life situation, right? Like a big reason people move is like divorce or a growing family, like kind of the two opposite ends mm-hmm. of the spectrum, yeah. right? We're kind of in a weird spot where, and this even ties back to the rent conversation, like generationally speaking, especially like more millennial and then whatever number is ahead of us, we're kind of in between the like home ownership is a good means to create wealth versus like you wander lust free spirit, <laughs> right? <laughs> so Go find yourself. I think that's, that's how I feel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. The, the magic number, I once upon a time saw a guy say, uh, who was a real estate investor at a brokerage we used to work at, to all these crazy calculations. And he said it takes about to make money on your home in Edmonton on average. You have to own it for eight to nine years kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And that appears to be vaguely true from what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Taking yeah. out 2007, eight. Well, yeah. Et cetera. Yeah. And <laughs> like 2014 to now, yeah. it's obviously the opposite. Yeah. 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 So. Interesting. Mm-hmm. See, I'm glad we had this conversation because I've no, I had yeah. no idea about literally any of this. Yeah. So, if you want to like really succeed at real estate wealth, the problem is people want to like buy their home and make like 40k profit in like two years. The only way you can do that is if you're like flipping homes. You have to be like actively improving the home. Yeah. Right. Hey. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Versus uh, just sitting in there living in it doesn't increase the value. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do value add to a property, and I mean, value I, add, that's yeah, what I, was yeah. For. I have a friend that I mean, he flips three or four houses a year, and like you can do I that. Could never, yeah. I wanted to literally move out of my house while I was painting this <laughs> yeah. room. Oh God, I yeah. was like, I will yeah. never paint a room again. Yeah. So, yeah. Me and house flipping will not get along. It's different winter. strokes for different folks, really. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. It yeah. will not be yeah. for me. Yeah. Going back to I guess me and what I kind of want to do. Mm-hmm. I definitely do want to own, I think, a house in Edmonton for sure, mm-hmm. but I want to own other properties. Yeah. So, like, walk me through that. Do you have people who, you know, your your clientele are people who already own houses who are buying their second house or, like, upgrading really or really kind of depends. Yeah. Do a lot of these people keep their house as an investment property and buy I, the new one? or Because that's ideally what I think I would want to do. Right. I want to buy, like, a starter, like, townhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zhuzh it up. Yeah. And then get something else. Yep. Yeah. I mean... Probably just speaking off the cuff, 20% of people do that. A lot of people sell that first house and move on to the next, like they upsize or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, but I, I mean, I do see that with condos a lot of the time too, where people mm-hmm. purchase a condo that they're going to live in to begin with. And then, you know, they move on to a house and they keep that condo as an investment. I've seen that done too. Yeah. What um, do you think is smarter? Buying a condo or buying a like a well, starter townhouse. This is Depends a good question. That's actually a very good question. Yeah. So he did a full go check on uh, go check on his uh, podcast, the Millennial Homeowner. I think yeah. he did a episode on that. But just off yeah, the I cuff, condos. There's 
some other costs that have come into yeah. the equation. Mm-hmm. Um, and also with condos, you don't control the whole building, right? Yeah. So you own a, a piece of a building, but that whole building, you have to take into account repairs and maintenance and everything for that building too. Mm-hmm. So there's monthly fees that you pay into that condo board yeah. that help to upkeep that building. You have to look into that as well. Interesting. So you may be buying a condo for a lot cheaper than you would get a single family home, but you're also responsible for you know, an entire building, you're a part of that mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, your single family home where you that's, home. that's your whole <laughs> yeah. thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So simplistically. And, Cause you asked like more townhome versus condo, right? Yeah. yeah. Like a row house, like a, yeah, yeah. like yeah. they're detached. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're not so detached. They're all together. Like apartment style condo, right? Yeah. Um, it really depends on what you kind of want slash need. And it depends on the rentability of the unit, right? Mm-hmm. Good point. So yeah. there's not really a super definitive answer. Yeah, it depends where it is. It depends. Renters generally want like accessibility, amenities, access to transit, right? So mm-hmm. in Edmonton specifically, like more of a condo condo will have more options for that because a lot of our like central townhomes are quite expensive, right? Super so, expensive. Um, yeah, that that that's kind of a reason why. Granted, there are some good townhome locations around the city, so it kind of depends mm-hmm. where you want to be. And not everyone wants to be downtown, downtown. But yeah. there's a lot of factors. I wish yeah. I had a better kind of soundbite answer, but <laughs> yeah. um, it, it does depend. One thing I will add to the townhome conversation, too, is some of those townhomes are condominiums. Really? In fact, most of them are. Yeah. Hey, wait, um, go into that. So when I say condo, you probably picture like a, a high-rise apartment yeah. building. Exactly. Yeah. Right? yeah. But condo, at, like the word condominium just means common property ownership. So in theory, a detached house could actually be part of a condominium because there's common property, right? Uh, very, very uncommon in Edmonton. Yeah. but Gated communities really gated, generally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Where oh. like, all the lawns are common property and commonly cared for or whatever yep. kind of things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. so like yeah. in like Sturgeon. Sure. Like in those yeah, in yeah, there, yeah, like, like gated. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah. So when it comes to townhomes, um, there is typically a lot of common property uh, for a lot of townhomes, um, you know, the exterior of the building is actually, um, common property. So if you need new windows, everyone needs new windows kind of thing, stuff like that. Oh, or conversely, and this is something a bit of a different topic, but cause there are like residential attached, which is no condo fee townhomes, which you'll see ads for. Right. Okay. So those obviously don't have condo fees, but that's kind of a, could be a negative in like 20 years when you need new siding. Uh, there's no reserve fund because in condos you have a reserve fund. I keep unboxing topics there. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just like, uh huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. This is why you get a real estate agent. But also, yeah. okay, well, I never said I would be doing this yeah. on my own. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but also, I mean, just think of a roof, right? Like in a townhome, you share a roof with two, three, four, five, six That's different people. So interesting. I right? literally never thought. Like, I mean, I looked at it, yeah. but it just like never. So a lot in my of those, head. you know, those townhome communities, like you're you're part of a condo. And you're paying some condo fees every yeah, month. Interesting. Yep. Yep. Interesting. And in some places, you're paying a HOA fee. So if you live in certain neighborhoods, there's fees that you you, you pay to be able to use their services like or their centers. yeah their rec centers or their uh, parks or whatever. Interesting. Actually, you'll probably see this in any market, but if you're shopping in, it's pretty much exclusively newer communities where they'll advertise. Uh, townhomes with no condo fees, right? Like they're all about that. Um, it'll be like a triplex or a fourplex, like four in a row, whatever, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but no condo fees. Um, so the downside of this, so the way condos work is like we were just talking about common property ownership. So in your monthly contribution, um, you have, depending on what it is, you have like common property maintenance, property management, some utilities, depending on the building. Uh, and then the big one is reserve fund contribution. So essentially all the units chip into a pool over the years. So in 20 years, 30 years, when you like need to repave the parking lot, you have money for that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when you have no condo fee townhomes, um, the one downside is, you know, it's nice right now, but in 15, 20, 25 years, when a big project comes up, it'll be kind of like a normal house where you're responsible yourself. No one's putting that money aside, right? Which in theory isn't too, too daunting because if you buy a house you need to save up for a new roof and stuff anyways. But it's just kind of something where 
in my opinion, it's like, frankly, it's kind of builders being creative to try and sell these units. And it's not their problem. Once the, these units <laughs> will be long sold and they'll be long gone from that area in 20 years. And yeah, then issues are going to pop up. And like when you're connected to people, there's kind of like, like you have what's called a party wall agreement. But anyways, like, so if you have to redo your siding here and you can't agree with the neighbor and yada, yada, yada. Yep. So yeah. It's something to think about. If, again, we're talking kind of long term. Yeah. Today, so. Well, that's the issue, too, is that you may have saved up and your neighbor may have been, you know. Going Sweet to Vegas or whatever. Fees, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of the issue you'd run into in that scenario, right? Would you then suggest that probably like a townhouse with a condo fee is maybe a better option? I've never even thought about it, but maybe. It sound, to me personally, it sounds like the better option. I would rather pay an XYZ amount monthly into a reserve than have to suddenly pay eight grand. I guess it's your risk tolerance. True. Very yeah, that's true. That's the best answer I could give to you. Yeah. So yeah. what? How, what? What would you pick? Uh, that's an interesting one because, well, it depends on the age of the building too. Because mm-hmm. although, and I mean, you've seen, I've seen new stuff have to have preventative measures put into place like or two years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. the um, I was driving through the neighborhood in Calgary that just got wrecked by the hail. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. I had a friend who lived in in the building. Yeah. And oh, that damn. that building is new. Yeah. Yep. Well, not even that, but well, deficiencies like, from deficiencies builders too. Deficiencies where the builders don't finish things properly and stuff. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's actually... Is that common? <laughs> it's more common than you'd think. You'd think it would be like a 1% thing, but it's actually like... It happens moderately often. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So what would you pick if you had to pick a townhouse? If you were buying a townhouse right now, would yeah. you pick, you know, all things considered, would you pick townhouse with condo fees or townhouse without condo fees? Shit. Um, Both of y'all look nervous answering this question. <laughs> it's it's hard to answer. Um, I'd probably just go condo fees with you do a bunch of due diligence on the condo corporation as part of your uh, buyer's conditions, right? Mm-hmm. So assuming that looks good, I would probably go that route if I was buying a townhome personally. That's actually a good thing too because then you actually have the, the due diligence you can do. Mm, that's a good point versus with... Uh, uh, like residential attached, you just like yeah, you just you buy it like you would buy a house, or like yeah. eyeball their yards, kind yeah, of yeah, exactly. I okay, wait, go into that. So what do you mean okay? <laughs> so uh, and this is for anyone. Like when you put in an offer on a home, you're going to have your conditions, right? So inspection, financing, and if the property is a condo, uh, condominium document review, right? So you hire a professional company. They look through. You get like a stack of documents this big, yeah. right? And they go through all of it. And or a the, lawyer, yeah. And it's all uh, um, it's all the financial statements, all the monthly meeting minutes, et cetera. So you can see what's going on there, and if the corporation has like a bunch of lawsuits or they're super oh, underfunded or whatever, or yeah. hopefully that it's well run, right? yeah. yeah, or future projects yeah. or one of a hundred different yeah. things. So at least when you're buying something that is a condo, you can get that inside scoop, if you will, um, versus like something that's residential. It's called residential attached, but it's no condo fee townhomes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, those unfortunately you don't have as much of a history history with that yeah. mm. but they're also smaller projects because most condos will be like for townhomes they'll be like 30 40 50 units or whatever versus mm-hmm. your residential attached at least you only have like two or three neighbors attached to you but even so yeah yeah it's kind mm. of a dicey one it, it's it, it, essentially my point with it and the no condo fee one is it's Something to think about. The marketing of those is done so you don't think about the long term. And me as a realtor, my job is to make sure you think about that, right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it, for sure. I wonder what your inspection would be for that, too, because depending on how how the units are laid out and everything, like you may have common heating and stuff. And Mm. yeah, Yeah, not really. Most townhomes, your heating's within your walls. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, It depends, obviously, on the building, but yeah. Yeah, this is a case, case. Yeah, case yeah. by case for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, interesting. It, it, it's very case by case, and then also for like what type of property to buy, it really is about your like lifestyle, your needs, your wants, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So circling back to rent, mm-hmm. yep. um, this whole like you know need for me to figure out what the fuck I want to do with my life actually came about when I was at a nail appointment with my nail lady because she just bought a house. Hmm. And I was like, I've been looking at apartments in Calgary. I toured a few apartments and I was like, I really like this one downtown apartment. Mm -hmm. It's one bed and den. It's in a great part of downtown Calgary, but it's like $1,800 a month. Sure. My nail lady was like, 
I literally pay sixteen fifty to rent my house. I was like, oh, I didn't even think of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People who are like my age who like graduate from university and like they're not going and they're not a lot of us, I guess, aren't like just immediately buying a house or like renting well, a yeah, house. Really, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Or renting a house. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't know any like people who rent a house. Like I don't have friends who rent a house. It's always rent an apartment. Yeah. So in my head, I was like, I totally forgot you could just do that. Yeah. You could just rent a house. Absolutely. Instead right. of a, right. an apartment. Yeah. But I was like, this is this is the situation where that really like light bulbed for me. Cause I was like, why would I pay eighteen hundred dollars to live in like a a basically one bedroom? One word. Location. Location, absolutely. Right. But that location is not actually, I think, that important to me. And it's why I've been looking more at the idea of townhomes because mm. I don't really need location. I can go anywhere. My job is flexible. I work from home. Exactly. Right, so I, right. it's more so the house yeah. I'm starting to realize yeah. versus wanting to live downtown. Yep. And that's, it's an interesting thing to look at, too, based on like where the world is, mm-hmm. right? And where downtown cores are, you know, what's going to happen to them in the future? Those are questions. That, I love the burbs. Yeah. I want to live like West End, like Secord, like townhouse area. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's you. And that's, mm-hmm. that's why real estate is so fun because I and Tom does, like, we say, what do you want? And then we go and find you that mm-hmm. because everybody's completely different. Mm-hmm. But again, the reason that you'd be paying $1,800 in the heart of Calgary is location, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have that restaurant that's probably in your first floor, floor oh, of, the, literally, of the building. It's literally right across the number four cocktail bar exactly. in Canada. So exactly. Like, <laughs> right? So so that's the thing is, is it's all location. Yes. And real estate is, don't let anybody else tell you this, it's, it's all location, right? Mm-hmm. It's where is the place and then from there, that's where you make decisions afterwards, really. Mm-hmm. At least in my opinion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Incredible. Yeah, 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 it is all about location, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and even for me personally, now that I've lived in the condo for a little over a year, right? Like, mm-hmm. I really love it. It's going to be hard to leave the, like, uh, I like your condo. Yeah. Oh, it's a great building. It's on quiet but street. I like nice. that it's not, like, super high-rise. Yeah. Like, you just have, like, yeah. those couple yep. floors and you're yep. good, yep. which yeah. I really like. Like, I like the idea of a high-rise would be cool, but... Do you know how annoying it is when you have be, to move out oh and you're God. on the twenty eighth floor, like, or like you're like carrying your mattress down Jasper Ave or some shit, like, absolutely fucking yeah, not, yeah. yeah. Which is why I kind of we picked that that spot, me and my roommate, right? So, and that's why I went that direction too, <laughs> yeah. Because it and was, then, yeah, but you know, I like I'm looking at buying probably next year um, as well. And are you going to keep your condo? Uh, no. We don't own it. We're just right oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Um, <laughs> but uh, would have been a good time. <laughs> um, it will be hard to get rid of the location, but the more I'm there, the more like space I need just being, again, like self-employed, having a better office space, mm-hmm. maybe wanting a more permanent space for the studio that we can like customize and stuff, mm-hmm. right? So uh, yeah, kind of kind of similar things, right? That's how so. I feel because I mean, I've lived in this house for 14 years and mm-hmm. this whole floor is mine. Mm-hmm. So like I have this room now, which is like the home office, which is going to be better than it is right now. It's kind of in shambles. <laughs> and then I also have my bedroom Mm -hmm. and then we also have a basement this level and a a top level so it's like growing up this has been my entire space like and i love it because i can separate work from from living because i have the home office space Mm -hmm. and now the thought of me like just putting my desk against a wall in my living room is just i just can't (laughs) do it i I just can't yeah which is why i i was leaning more the house option and i think i don't want to pay $2,700 $2,700 for a three bedroom yeah. fucking apartment. Yeah. I think a lot of people are going that direction too, though. Like this whole pandemic thing is the, the work from home revolution, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes. so you want that office space or you want, you don't really care about the being in the heart of downtown because I mean, you're working from you're, home. Exactly. Right? So that's, there's like the real estate is consistently changing and that's kind of something that we're dealing with right now too is, I mean, if you look in, I'm not going to talk about commercial at length, but like office space right now, who's, who wants to work in an office? No Some one. people, but generally <laughs> not. Right. So I know I briefly looked at office spaces like for next year and it's just, it's not going to happen. There's yeah. no point yeah. as much as I would love to have like an office and like have everybody come in. I'm just like, there's no point yeah. right now, I guess. Yeah. Um, my next question, I guess, is when it comes to renting a house, is it different than renting anything else or like, is there things that, cause that's probably the route 
now that I know that I will not be buying a house next year, yeah. is that I will go. Is okay. I will rent a house. Yeah. The only difference is uh, uti- you uh, utilities are extra, right? Because if you rent like a condo condo, apartments and like apartment style condos, right? Whether low rise or high rise. Typically, your heat and uh, water is included in your condo fees. Because they get like a, a whole thing for the building. Y- yeah, right? and it's how the units are metered and stuff, right? So you just have to pay power, right? Um, but then, so that's kind of included in your rent or a lot of it. But then when it comes to a house, you have to pay utilities totally separate. So yep. it, it's a few extra hundred bucks a month kind of thing. Yep. Okay. That's probably about it to know about. And then there's a little more like... There's more maintenance with the more house. More maintenance, yeah. Like mowing the lawn and You got to replace the furnace filters and... Even if you're renting it. Yep. Interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah. We replaced the water filter on our fridge a couple times when we were living there. There was a couple of things that we had mm-hmm. to do, but... Also depends what type of tenant you want to be. Because you can be the like, Piece hello, Mr. Shit. Landlord, yeah. my light bulb burnt out. Can you yeah. come fix it at yeah. 1130 yeah. at night, right? Like so. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. You can be a piece of shit for sure, but <laughs> we, yeah. we tried not to be, but... Absolutely. Okay, so the last thing I want to talk about in terms of rent is renter's insurance. Sure. Okay. Um, because I actually just had a friend who lives in Van- Vancouver yep. who opted out of her renter's insurance when Oof. she first like moved in. And then um, her house just flooded. Her apartment just flooded. They had to get all new flooring. Oh, no. She didn't have to pay for it. Like It wasn't her fault, but she was like, she did a story and she was like, I am kicking myself that I just didn't do my renter's insurance for like for some reason. Like she'd had it on her mm-hmm. old apartment, yeah, and she Did just she hadn't done it on her to new pay one. For anything, like I, th- I, as a, I think so. Or like but her like own personal effects that got destroyed. Or I'm like, not like a hundred percent sure. Okay. I don't. I know she didn't have to pay for the whole thing out of pocket, but yeah. I'm sure she had to pay for some situation. Yeah. But it was crazy because like in her stories, she was like walking across like her kitchen and you could hear the water under the boards i was like Ugh. oh Shit. so they were in like a hotel and like all this yeah. stuff so i want to talk about renter's insurance because like i feel like every financial book that i read is like get renter's insurance well, so most landlords will make you have it yeah, too most landlords oh interesting yeah. yeah like most good landlords will be like they'll want you to they'll actually it. check that you have it too who do you go to for renter's insurance there's many many Any different companies yeah AMA, oh okay so yeah i use if i'm yeah. not mistaken most how much banks. you pay a month uh, Isn't it like it's just it's, yearly cost? So, oh, also, that's the thing. I've heard it's not. Bucks, yeah, I right? heard it's like not it's, expensive at all. Like Three hundred yeah. bucks for the year. Right. So it makes so it makes so much sense. Versus, like flooding your washing machine and having to yeah. buy new hardwood paid, or something. I think I paid so. twenty five bucks a month, which is so low. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the so shit that it protects you for. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's definitely I would like it's definitely worth it. And most landlords will require it. Yeah. Especially. A, if they're a good landlord or if you rent in like a uh, like a purpose-built rental building, like, you know, I don't know, like the Mayfair or uh, whatever block that's Raymond Block. Raymond Block, have. yeah. One oh, of those yeah, ones yeah. where it's like professionally managed, yeah, yeah, they'll require it anyways. Like, you'll probably have to show them proof of tenant yeah. insurance. So Okay. Yeah. And then just for the people who don't know tenant insurance, what does what's the cover? Totally depends on your plan. Yeah. But generally... Uh, Basically, like, you as the tenant screwing up the property and then also your personal, like, items too. Yeah. And then if you can, the property screws up your personal items. Yeah, and then you can add and subtract from that too. Yeah, exactly. So. Okay, so the next thing I want to dive into, mm-hmm. now that we've kind of talked a bit, I guess, to death about rent versus buy versus condo versus detached versus yep. all of them, yep. um, what I want to get into is actual money. Sure. Yeah. You know, and we briefly touched on if you can't put down 20, put down five, you da 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 But... I feel like that's like advice that I have generically heard, mm-hmm. but I need to know, you know, let's talk about credit scores. Let's talk about that kind of stuff. Like what goes into buying a house? Like I have sure. no, I literally have no idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't exactly know the correct questions really to ask you guys right now, okay. but yep. go on a tangent and we'll see. Sure. <laughs> For the finance and credit side of things, um, again, we, we can give moderately limited, full disclosure, not a doctor, right? But so, <laughs> so for credit score in Canada, the minimum credit score required is 680, which is actually pretty, assuming you've like paid your bills moderately on time and stuff, it's actually not that hard. Like mm-hmm. frankly, to be below that is like, if you've been kind of, no offense to anyone, financially somewhat irresponsible, right? Mm-hmm, me. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, 680 is the minimum. There used to be some places that did 650, but I think they got rid of that with the mortgage rules, right? So, um, And then when it comes down to affordability calculations, so when you go to a mortgage broker and you're like, how much house can I afford? What mm-hmm. they're actually doing is, is it's, it's monthly income to monthly liabilities, right? So it's all about, okay, what's... 
so what would your hypothetical monthly mortgage payment be plus condo fees, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. Then any other liabilities you have, like credit cards, line of credit, auto loan, yeah, whatever else under the sun. Don't go get a car loan before you get a house. Yeah, exactly. Get a house before a car loan. Why? Well, the well, the mortgage is a lot. Well, it's not that you mess it up, but yeah. the mortgage or throw off your calculation. Yes, yeah, your mortgage is much harder to obtain than an auto loan. Yeah, auto loans are very easy They'll give to them obtain to anyone. Yeah. Right. So yeah, buy a house. Then literally the day after you move in, go finance a. So you're telling me I should not buy a Tesla next year. <laughs> I would pro- probably not. You're buying it outright. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or like have a very reasonable car payment, right? Yeah. So like, because yeah. if your car payment is 500 bucks a month. That throws off your affordability calculations by actually a lot. Do they take it by like your month or do they just take what you make in a year and annualize it? So for it? you, like, it's it would be Because that's annual, terrifying to me because I'm be, like one yeah, month yeah, I made yeah. this, one month. Like, so same, with, months, same with us for yeah. contractors. Yeah. Many months of zero and many months of really good. a lot. Right? <laughs> so um, no. So when you're a contractor, it'll be a two-year average and then that divided by 12. Oh, okay. Sort of so, because I was uh, like, they're really just going to be like, this month you made no money, yeah, and I'm going to be like, yeah. can you look at next month or the month? <laughs> like, yeah. um, no, we're the same way. Yeah, yeah. It's really about your monthly liability costs, and then they kind of prorate your income or whatever to what it is that. Yeah, and it's relative. I don't even remember how GDS and TDS works. So, yeah, it's a percentage, obviously, of your yeah earned income per yeah. month. Mm-hmm. Essentially, what you should be aiming for roughly is about a third. Right, yeah. so your I think the actual number is thirty eight or thirty nine percent, but all your living costs should be about a third of your monthly income, right? And then you have a little more margin for your total debt. For example, if you have like a line of credit or an auto loan, etc., mm-hmm. it's yeah. like forty two percent of your monthly income, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. We're talking numbers. Yeah. I just I literally I was I'm reading a book right now mm-hmm. called. Broke millennial, and the chapter I literally read today was about this, about like how much like, okay, debt to income yeah. ratio you should have, yeah. which is very interesting. So, so if you're someone looking to rent, and like let's say you're a younger person, you're like, can I afford to move out? Can I afford to rent? Da da da. Like kind of taking your first step of adulthood, let's call literally it. Literally me. So <laughs> use uh, me as the example. What I would say is like <laughs> a, a, a healthy number to aim for is one third. So. If your rent is a thousand dollars a month, you should be making three thousand a month, right? Like a, interesting, and that's even like a kind of conservatively generous goal to aim for because your actual uh, numbers on a mortgage application are a little bit higher than that. But if you can aim for a third, that's a good like financially healthy number to yep. shooting for. Yeah, interesting. Okay, yeah. I like that because a very popular thing that I've read like over and over again is basically like the percent budget. So it's like your housing should be thirty percent of your income, which is oh okay, yeah, so it's about type what we're of, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's pretty accurate mm-hmm. to like everything that I've that I've heard. But mm-hmm. then they obviously like there's the the skew for people who live in like New York or like L A. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know who's rent is 70% of their monthly oh, income or something, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is crazy. Well, and that world is kind of changing, as, which has been yeah, a, most a recurring theme, right? So, yeah. 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 Interesting. Something that also just popped in my head is the idea of rent to buy. Do you guys like know rent any? to own? Oh, rent to own. Like yep, that one. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Talk about that. I don't know the, a good question so, to ask, but. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Because, I mean, it's it's not super common in our space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Generally, we see, you know, cut and dried deals. There's, so can you, like, actually just explain, like, rent? Sure. Rent? Like, how does it work? Like, you, like, does a percentage of your rent go to, like, I just don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> so generally, yeah, that's how they work is essentially you have a house, you pay rent on it that's above market rate. And a percentage of that rent goes into your down payment on the house, however many years or months into the future, depending on your agreement on the on the house. Uh, we don't see it very much. There mm-hmm. are agents that deal specifically in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't, just because there's a lot of, like, it, it's hairy. It's a world that's kind of like... It's, it's not... It's not regulated and it's also not standardized or anything like that. Yeah. So you're essentially kind of like, you can obviously come up with a contract that says anything, right? So, Mm. but it it just can get a little, little dicey and there's kind of some weird greasy stuff just because you're kind of in the weeds when you're dealing with that side of business. So um, it's plausible. There's not a lot of people who do it, but um, yeah. So unfortunately we don't have a great answer, but basically it's a portion goes towards your down payment then after like three years or whatever you buy the house at x price and they yeah. credit this much and that's yeah. all in the contract yeah. you you sign a contract three years prior mm-hmm. saying what you're going to purchase the house for and all of that so wow yeah 
Yeah. They're interesting, but at the yeah. same time, I've never dealt with it. Uh-huh. Um, I've seen it done. There are agents that deal with them. Personally, just, again, I haven't dealt with it. I know Thomas hasn't dealt with it. So Interesting. Mm-hmm. Next thing I want to talk about, probably last thing I'm going to want to talk about, unless sure. y'all go on a tangent. Oh, wait. Here we go. Good, good here, timing. Here we go. Some builders now in new communities in Edmonton, you'll see like they'll do like a rent to own option and that would be okay. Basically, if you're going to do it, if you see an opportunity to do it, make sure you're, the contract's airtight. Get lawyers. Don't just use some Microsoft Word you know, <laughs> one page thing, right? So, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can t- tell people about that too, right? You know lots about contract law. So. Absolutely. Yeah. We kind of touched on this before, but investment properties mm-hmm. I want to talk about. How how do you navigate that? Like, let's say I am in the position to buy a house mm-hmm. and I want to buy another one for an investment property. We sure. kind of did talk about that in terms of you have to pay 20% down and da-da-da-da. But like, mm-hmm. in terms of building wealth with real estate and investment properties, I want to get y'all or your opinion mm-hmm. and chit-chat on that. Okay. Any question in particular about nope. them? Or? Okay. So just go ahead. Um, Tell me all the things that you know. Sure. When, <laughs> when I look at investment properties, again, this is anecdotally, I don't own an investment property. Uh, but I'd be looking at cash flow on a cash flow monthly basis. Some people purchase a property and then they don't actually make any money on it on a monthly basis. Like the rent that they take in, that goes directly towards their mortgage, their expenses on the property, and they make $0 net mm-hmm. per month. Some people do that and are comfortable with it because they're building equity in a property. Totally fair. Personally, I I would like to see a cash flow on a monthly basis of a few hundred dollars a month that are profit. Mm -hmm. Um, Reason being is because that unit is, I look at it as a business and I want it to be profiting every single month into my pocket. Appreciation is kind of, it's that cherry on the top, but you want to be having cash flow on a monthly basis, I, I would say, is at least my opinion on it. For investments, I think you should be looking at something you can add value to too. So we had talked about flipping properties. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to completely gut a house and make it, you know, twenty. like take a 1950 house and make it 2020. Yeah. But I think that you should buy properties that have some, you can paint some walls, you can do some new flooring, you can do that sort of thing where you can add value to a property that immediately adds equity to the property. So you bought it for three eighty, and now it's worth four twenty just because of the work that you've put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, good numbers, <laughs> 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 but that—that's at least my opinion on the investment game. There's obviously tons of different opinions on it. Also, diversifying. So having one investment property is not as good as having ten. So yeah, in a lot of cases, investments are you know those smaller commercial buildings where you have eight or 10 units. And it's a lot easier to manage that because it's all at one location. You can make money on a diversified portfolio as opposed to one house that if it's vacant, it's vacant. You're not making money on it on a monthly Mm -hmm. basis. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion, at least. Interesting. Okay. So to kind of contradict Josh, I mean, when it comes to buying, like, let's say your first investment property or one investment property, just to be realistic, you're not going to be making insane profits every Mm -hmm. single month off of one property, no. right? Hopefully it's a few hundred bucks a month. The best case scenario is actually to have a basement suite. So then you have two units and you can actually make a decent profit there, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, but, okay. Um, the Essentially the goal here and your focus should be long-term wealth generation, right? Mm-hmm. So if you buy an investment property, you should really be looking at like the condition of the property and the rentability of it. So it's better to have very good tenants in there all the time versus like huge profits for one year and then you can't can never rent it again, mm-hmm. right? So essentially you want to build buy it with the long-term goal of like just building that equity. So essentially it's mortgage-free, right? Or relatively mortgage-free, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can refinance or whatever and make more money that way. So yeah, it, it's those are more the main focus and buy it more as like a the bank of your house versus huge cash flow potential, mm-hmm. right? And then you really only build good cash flow on real estate investment as you build more and more properties, right? And it is excuse me, diversification, because if you have one property and you have one vacancy, you have a 100% vacancy rate, right? Yeah. So investment properties are a good idea. Uh, you definitely have to be somewhat involved or be very good at uh, um, due diligence with tenants so you don't get totally effed, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, when it comes to basement suites, because I've seen so many like just the 
shittiest sorry can we swear on this absolutely oh, okay oh yeah the title is hate. <laughs> um, the shittiest like what i call youtube renovations in like basement suites that are just so like pieces of junk i'm like you're not going to get good tenants when it looks, looks like, like trash, that right yeah. so if you're buying a property with a basement suite somewhere down the road buy something that is has a fully legal suite for one and then by definition usually something with a fully legal suite is fairly well renovated right mm-hmm. so I don't know. It's something where it's like you can do it the really cheap way or you can do it the pay the proper price, do it right the first time, and it'll yield better long-term results. So, hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Does that answer it at all? I mean, I didn't have a question, so it was kind of just like <laughs> okay. whatever you okay. guys yeah. Yeah. went on. Yeah. Uh, they're a good idea. You have to be involved. Um, one thing that I'm curious to see will happen, but is Airbnb rentals. Because mm-hmm. some people, Airbnb, if for like two weekends a month, like if they own a condo downtown, and mm-hmm. make more money than they would monthly renting. So I'm curious oh, yeah, if well there will that's... be. And I think there, there's people out there who do it who are like rental guru types, but they only own Airbnb properties, not like normal rental properties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, in <laughs> the COVID world, those guys got absolutely trashed. Yeah, it'll be interesting going forward. Yeah. I was going to say something about that too. Like six months ago, you would, you know, you could break a house down into five bedrooms and do that sort of mm-hmm. thing. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with the, like, you're not going to be making huge amounts of money on mm-hmm. one unit. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that you want to be cash flowing positive yeah. monthly. I don't, I just don't think you should, I should, you should try not to lose money on a monthly basis. Cause I do see, well, I do see yeah. landlords that, that rent out at a loss every mm-hmm. single month. They're mm-hmm. losing 50 or hundred bucks a month every single yeah. month. I don't like that. Yeah. But that's also people who like more often than not, it's like a home that they just don't want to sell. So they just rent it to someone at like a uh, rate just to get someone in there. Right. Yeah. So interesting. Maybe this is a good point to tie in here of if you're someone who's going to buy whatever starter home, with the eventual goal of keeping it to rent it, mm-hmm. buy it more for rentability ness up first, up front, like focus more on the rentability of it versus your personal preference kind mm-hmm. of thing. Okay. Um, so like think a little more like an investor versus just a homeowner. You know? mm-hmm. I like dealing with investors. They're oh, all yeah. about, yeah, like absolutely. it's all about the numbers, right? Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. very cut and dry. If the numbers work, the numbers work. If they don't, they yeah. don't. So hmm. I would be curious to see if I could see people doing like, is it Cambridge lofts? In Edmonton, that's like right across from Churchill Square, and it's like they're kind of it's kind of a trendy building. Um, where right across from Churchill, isn't that the library? <laughs> no, 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 uh, but it's down there somewhere, and it's a conversion condo, okay? Right? So, so they're like very trendy lofts with like exposed pipes in the ceiling and stuff, right? yes? There's a few of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. um, places like that where they're like a hundred grand to buy a condo and then maybe doing something like that as an Airbnb rental just because it's such a good location for like weekends and stuff or whatever. Downtown so, core yeah. in that yeah. like area. Like we yeah. knew a guy who owned a condo in the Seven Street Lofts across from McEwen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. And then he would Airbnb it and again make like really good money on it. So Well yeah that's so close to like Rogers, yeah. Jasper, yeah. like yeah. yeah. So I wonder if we'll see more people doing more that in the future. And if you had asked me last year, I would have said that was a more of a trend I saw coming. But obviously now with COVID, that's investors would be kind of risk adverse to that. But interesting, anyways, kind of a tangent. Do you guys have any um, last words of real estate wisdom or just life wisdom before we end the show? Life wisdom? No. <laughs> uh, if I can say, you know how there's like that, it's kind of like the millennial avocado toast meme, right? Uh, yes. So <laughs> I do think we are kind of the generation who... Maybe the reason we can't afford a home is we do, like, it's the death of a thousand cuts, right? Uh Uh-huh. So it's your $60 brunch every weekend and stuff, having... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, You know, uh, having, like, nine cell phones, uh, you know, seven different TV subscriptions. When those costs add up, and I think that's this is something I've been becoming more aware of. Because, again, like I said, we've been we're always sold on the monthly payment. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. $8 a month. That's not bad. But I think that's a big rate, like that article, the avocado toast article, we kind of roll our eyes at, but it brings up a very valid point. Yeah. Right? So that would be kind of my life wisdom is <laughs> if you're uh, serious about buying a home, like maybe manage some of those, uh, minor expense items, convenience. Expense Stop items. buying your avocado yeah. toast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Think more long term. Like that's kind of the general theme of this, I think, and that's really it, yeah, in real estate. It comes down to yeah, it it takes time. So that's hmm. 
if you start thinking on, you know, 50 years as opposed to right now, millennials might be uh, more akin to buy homes than, you know, mm-hmm. so. And Absolutely. I think it's, I think it's not that we don't want to buy homes. I think it's just that, you know. Daunting affordability. Yeah. Yeah. It's super scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, did you just hear me? How hard I just stuttered about trying to buy a house? Like that is how I feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly. I was going to say we're we're there to help with the process. Yeah. So yes, absolutely. Say, the most insanely wise piece of real estate I can give, if you're in Edmonton, is to go to thomasgharrington.com <laughs> and download my home buyer's guide. There's a link that's at the a, top. That's a good point. And then call Josh and Tom and our team for incredible. Uh, Keep plugging yourself. Go yeah, ahead. This for, is the, this uh, is the part for. For all your home buying needs in the greater YEG region. Yeah. And if you're selling, Revere can help you too. Because we offer some pretty sweet packages when it comes to selling. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, go check that out. Go ahead. Where can they find you? Yeah. Well, you can go ahead and find us at uh, reverehome.ca. Or, again, Thomas's site is thomasgharrington.ca, I believe. Dot com. Dot com. Okay. He's got the dot com. That's far more important. I do have thomasharrington.ca, which reroutes to the other one. And then... uh, it's at thomasharrington.ca on Instagram. Yeah. You're just at Joshua Blaze, right? Yep. At Joshua Blaze and the company is at Revere underscore home. I'll put and this all in the show notes. Yeah. Cool. And then uh, if you want to listen to us on our podcast regularly for our more uh, fun-filled content, <laughs> uh, at Long and Hard Podcast, we have two episodes with Carly. No, just one. Two? Just one right now, I think. Just one. Just one because, yeah. oh yeah, the other one was us on your show. On mine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's right about that. Yeah. At yeah. Long and Hard Podcast. Incredible. And on your, uh, podcast platforms long and hard yay that is it for today's episode i really hope you guys enjoyed it if you did make sure to screenshot this episode and share it over on instagram and tag me at hey bitches podcast i would absolutely love to chat shit with you guys about this episode in the dms before you go make sure to subscribe to hey bitches wherever you listen to podcasts and if you are an apple podcast listener make sure to give the show a five-star rating and review it really really does help me out and i would really appreciate it I love you guys so much. I hope you guys have an incredible day. And for now, bye-bye, bitch. Oh.